everybody. Welcome. Good morning on this Tuesday morning to, and welcome to our TNT devotional at New Hope Church. So glad that you have joined us today. As always, I'm kind of watching the comments right now on YouTube and Facebook, and uh, you guys are good, man. Welcoming each other, uh, calling each other out by name. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, go ahead and put where you're watching from in the comments section. And also, if you need uh, prayer for anything today, we got people who, man, they love to pray. So put the, your prayer needs in the comments as well, and we will, we will pray for you. Um, <clears throat> such an encouragement um, during this time, and we all have needed some encouragement during this time. So I appreciate you being who you are as a, as a church family, and even those of you who have... Uh, who have joined us, who have never walked through the doors of one of our campuses, but you are part of our church family now because you are in and you are encouraging other people and praying for other people, and I absolutely love it. Um, as I have told you quite often in recent days, I don't watch the news anymore. I'll quit saying that after a while, but <clears throat> for whatever reason, I feel like it's important to say it right now. But I don't watch the news anymore. I do read the news daily. I just don't watch it. Um, the reason I don't watch it is because if you watch it, you have to sit there and consume everything that they throw at you. But if you read it, you can pick and choose what articles you want to read from the sources that you uh, choose. And so I kind of go through and I, I pick out the, uh, the content that I think is going to uh, be helpful, things that I really want to know, things I want to get to the bottom of and know what's going on. And I'm mature enough, I think, as a person that I can wade through the agenda and the narrative that the writer or that particular news station is trying to put out there and get to the truth. By the way, the truth is usually in paragraph five or six, <laughs> if, you, if you just want to skip down to that. But each day I have been uh, reading about the COVID-19 cases in the state of Texas and just keeping an eye on that. And there's actually some very good news out there. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but this is a graph from one of the news stations that I took a picture of. Um, and it shows the, uh, the, the cases in, in Texas. And can you see over here on this side, right here? It's dropping, it's dropping. and. This is the actual death rate. This is daily deaths from COVID in the state of Texas. And you can see how it went way, way up here. <clears throat> this is back beginning of July and middle of July and how it has just fallen off now to uh, pre-April uh, um, numbers, which is, man, that's good news. Anybody dying is not good, but you know, the fact that uh, less and less are dying of it is fantastic. And this is the hospitalization rate. You can see right here what is going down, down, down. All that to say, praise God. Now, I am not saying today that it's over, but I do think that we are finally headed in the right direction. And that is fantastic. Praise God. So <clears throat> what's happening right now is this week I'm uh, going to be working on a uh, regathering plan for our church and uh, outlining that plan and meeting then with some of our leaders and getting input and so forth uh, because we do want to return to in-person services and just so you know it's not going to happen this Sunday it's not we're going to be online only this Sunday and it's not going to happen the Sunday after we're still going to be online only the Sunday after I don't even know what day that is <clears throat> but um, 
at least two more Sundays online only. And we're going to keep an eye on the uh, case, COVID case count in the state of Texas. And then uh, after that second Sunday, we're going to make a decision about the, the next Sunday. And so I just want you to be ready for that announcement. And uh, for the record here, I am so ready, so ready to get back together. I have missed you guys so much. I mean, this is cool. I like getting together with you like this. I like looking at your comments and, uh, and, and seeing you encourage each other. That's all well and good, man. But there's something about being together in person in God's house. And I can't wait for that to happen again. Praise, praise God for the iCampus. Praise God that we've been able to reach so many people. But something undeniably awesome about being together with other believers in the house of God. And just so you know, those of you who've been wondering if we're ever going to meet together again, the day is coming. The day is coming. And I can't wait. Well, <clears throat> last time I was with you, which uh, was not last week, but the week before, I shared with you uh, some keys for overcoming temptation during a pandemic, because there are a lot of temptations that hit us during a pandemic that may not hit us on a uh, normal week or uh, in normal uh, times. Maybe they are some of the same temptations that we always have. They're just more intense now. I don't know what it is for you, but when we were together last time, when I was with you, I gave you four keys to overcoming temptation in a pandemic. And today I want to add two more, but uh, let me uh, read for you the main text that I want to kind of draw from today. I'll read it now, read it toward the end. Uh, this devotional as well. Actually, I'm just going to recite it. This is First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It's one I memorized, man, I don't know, 30 years ago. And Howard Agnew uh, memorized with me, uh, probably Howard, what would you say, uh, 1998 maybe. So 20, 20 some years ago, we memorized this together um, as part of a discipleship thing we were going through. It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Another translation says, so that you can endure it. So there's always an escape hatch. <clears throat> Pardon me. Escape pass. There's always a way out. God always provides that. There's always going to be temptation in this world in which we live. Always going to be temptation. Sometimes the temptations are going to be more intense, but the promise of God is that there's a way out. So let me refresh your memory about the four things that we've already talked about. First of all, uh, the first one that we talked about was when it comes to temptation, just expect it. Just expect it. We're all going to be tempted all the time. It's always going to come at us. Uh, yours may be different from mine, but all of us have our temptations and, and uh, it's just part of the human experience. Um, even Jesus was tempted. Even Jesus was tempted, but Jesus did not give in. So just expect it. Uh, second thing I, I, I told you was we need to accept responsibility for our own temptations. Uh, James says each one of us is tempted when we're pulled away by our own evil thoughts and desires. So we're pulled, it's in us. We have this uh, uh, evil, evil, these evil desires within us, evil thoughts within us. We're pulled away, we're enticed, 
And then once we sin, that gives birth to, uh, when, when, when sin is full grown, then it gives birth to death. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a no-win uh, road that we're on if we give in to temptation. And so uh, best for all of us to use the escape hatch that God provides. And <clears throat> then third thing we talked about was uh, that we all need to ask God for help. If you don't ask God for help, you're not using the resources that God has given to you. I heard a story, I don't know, all the way back when I started preaching. I think I read it in one of my illustration books, and it's always stuck in my mind. I may have used it in church before, but, you know, uh, a dad and a son were working out in the yard, and and um, the dad, there was some rocks, and the dad said, I want you, son, to take all these. The boy was little. <clears throat> he said, I want you to take all these rocks. I want you to put them over here you know, by the shed. And, and so the, the son started to pick up all the rocks and taking them over to the shed while the dad was working on other things. And, and then the son came to this large rock and he could not move it. And he tried and he tried, he tried to pick it up. He couldn't, he tried to, to roll it. He couldn't even budge it from the ground. And <clears throat> finally he went to his dad and said, I can't do it. And the dad said, what are you talking about? I said, I can't, I moved all the rocks. I got one more rock. I can't move it. And uh, I, I, I just can't do it, Dad. And he, the dad said, you can do it. He said, no, I can't watch. And he tried and he tried and he tried. And the dad's sitting there watching him try to lift up the rock. And, and the, the son said, see, Dad, I can't do it. He said, no. You, dad, dad, the dad said, no, you haven't used all of the resources at your disposal. And, and the son said, what do you mean? I'm using all of my strength. He said, yeah, you're using all your strength, but I'm right here. He said, just ask me. And he said, Dad, will you move the rock? And the dad picked up the rock and chunked it over toward the shed. And uh, he said, there, now you've used the resources that you had available. And for us, same thing with God. Um, sometimes, well, a lot of times we're in situations where we don't have the strength and we can't endure and we can't, you know, find the escape hatch. <clears throat> it's important for us in those moments to ask our dad, ask our heavenly father for help and he will help us. So question for you on this particular point, have you asked God? Have you asked God for help? Um, Hebrews chapter four says, Jesus was tempted in every single way, just as we are, yet he was without sin. So let us go boldly in our time of need, boldly to God in our time of need to, so that we can find the grace that we need to overcome. I just totally paraphrase that verse, but you, you understand what it is, okay? And then the toughest one that we talked about uh, the other day was the, I think it's the toughest one because it's a little bit embarrassing. And that is that we should confess our struggle to a trusted friend, confess our struggle to a trusted friend. Uh, James chapter five, verse 26 says, confess, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to each other and then pray for each other so that you may be healed. And uh, I heard somebody say it once upon a time, the um, revealing is the beginning of healing. Revealing is the beginning of healing. And if you really want to be healed, then you have some people in your life that you can tell what your struggle is. Trusted, trusted people in your life that you can tell what you're struggling with. And then, and then when a temptation comes, you can call them on the phone. You can go, man, I am struggling right now. And they, they know what to do then. They know how to pray for you and they know they can come and get you 
you know, help you, okay? So, and when you do these things, then what happens is you get grace. And grace is the power to do what you need to do at a particular moment in time. And God, God will always give us the grace we need, but we need to do the things that the Bible says to do in order to get the grace that we need in times of need. So then that's four things. Uh, I want to add to those four things today, a couple more things. <clears throat> and, and one is this, and it's something that some people never, ever figure out. But it's pretty simple. And this would be number five if you are taking notes. If you're that good and you're taking notes, number five would be avoid tempting situations. <laughs> avoid tempting situations. And I said it all the time at our church in the past. In fact, I said it too much, I think. There's sometimes when I just get on a roll and I say things, you know, every other week. And and I try not to do that. I want to be, I want to give you fresh bread, but it was so good and it's still good. And here's the phrase that I oft used. Larry, do you know what it is? No comment. No, no comment from Larry. <laughs> he probably, he probably has a ton of things I've said too much that he could quote right now. But anyway, <clears throat> you say it all the time in a church. That is this. If you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. If you hang around the barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut. You remember that, Larry? Yes. Okay. So the goal in our lives is not to see how close we can get to temptation and hang around temptation without sinning. That's just stupid. That's stupid. Like, you know, I've been, I've been drinking way too much coffee. I've been drinking too much coffee. By the way, you like my cup? It says, hello, gorgeous. <laughs> it's my daughter's cup. But if, you, if, you, if you're trying to cut down on the, on the caffeine, you don't make a cup of coffee and put it in front of you and say, I am not going to fall for this temptation. I'm going to put the coffee right in front of me, but I'm not going to drink it. You just don't make the coffee, man. You understand? And, and uh, if you got a problem with lust, you know, then there are certain channels on your TV that you need to block out. Certain places that are no-go zones for you. And uh, we could go on and on. If, if, if you're spending too much money, compulsive shopping. Um, it may be time to limit your availability, limit your time on Amazon and other shopping sites. I mean, avoid the temptation, just avoid the temptation. So the goal is not to see how close you can stay with temptation and not sin. The goal for us is to see how far away from temptation we can stay. To get as far away from as you possibly can. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16 says, a wise man turns from evil, but a fool is arrogant and careless. A wise man turns from evil. <clears throat> a fool thinks he can handle it. A fool hangs around too close to the barbershop. So stay away from those situations as much as you can or minimize them. So you, you just think about it. When am I tempted most? Is it, um, is it when I'm bored? Is it when I'm alone? Is it when I'm, you know, online? Is it when I'm uh, watching TV, you know, late at night? Is it when I'm on the internet late at night? Is it when I'm by myself on my phone? You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Just, just figure it out. You, you already know when it is. You already know when it is. 
Let me tell you something else. The devil knows when it is as well. And so when you follow that desire and you go toward the temptation, Satan is going to provide something for you that you should not do. So you're dragged away by your own desire. You're enticed. Then you sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. So I'm just saying, let's just stop it all the way back here and just avoid those situations. Psalm chapter 119, verse 59, in a, uh, in, in a paraphrased translation says, I thought about the wrong direction in which I was headed, and I turned around, and I came running back to you. The Bible says, run from temptation. Run from temptation. Flee from it. You know, just like Joseph in the story we studied a few weeks back in church when Potiphar's wife said, come on, let's go to bed together. Um, he ran away. The Bible says he ran out of the room. She grabbed him by the robe and ripped his robe off, but he got out of there, man. And that's what you have to do sometimes. You just have to flee. You have to run the other direction. And physically, you have to remove yourself from the situation. Mentally, you have to remove yourself from the situation and think about other things. So whatever it takes, man, get up, get out, turn the channel, block the channel, go for a walk, go for a run. You know, read the Bible. I was going to say take a cold shower. I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but, but do something, man. Call a Christian, uh, you know, your accountability partner that you've been talking to, your support group. Do something to break that spell. The key is to, to refocus and avoid the situation. Over in um, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4, I think verse 27, it's talking about, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil a foothold. And, and yet, so many people do. They give the devil free rent in their minds, in their lives, because they keep coming back to that place and giving him ammunition, man. And I'm mixing metaphors. Apologize for that. But don't let the devil in the door. If the devil calls you and, and temptation calls you on the phone, don't take the call. You know, ghost the devil, ghost the devil, meaning just ignore him, act like he's not there anymore. Okay, so that, that's the, the fifth one. The, the sixth one would be this, would be to, I'm trying to think how to say this, uh, trying to think of a good metaphor, but just, let me say it this way, memorize some scripture. How's that? I was going to say load up on ammo. I don't know if that's too violent for you or not. Load up on some ammo. Uh, memorize God's word. Uh, claim the promises of God that he has given to you in his word about temptation. And probably the verse that everybody should memorize. And I know it's just a little bit long, but it's the one I quoted to you at the beginning. And I'm just telling you. Every single one of us needs this at one time or the, or the other. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Look it up, underline it, memorize it, write it on a, on a card, hang it wherever you need to hang it so you can see it, put it on your bathroom mirror and read it every morning. <clears throat> no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are, are but when you are tempted, he'll provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So I, I've had I've had people tell me I couldn't help myself. 
You know, I got in that situation. I couldn't help myself. Couldn't help myself. That, my friends, is a lie. It's a lie. You can always help yourself. Let me say it this way. God can always help you. Because there's, he always provides a way out, always, 100% of the time. So you cannot legitimately say, I had no choice. I had to give in. I was in, backed into a corner. There wasn't a way out. Listen to me. There's always a way out. God makes sure of that. That is his promise to us. And so today, today when you're tempted, you got to know something. That God is faithful. God is faithful. He always is. And he's got, there's an escape hatch somewhere. Just look for it. All the doors may be closed. There's going to be a window that's open. Jump out the window because that's his promise that God has provided a way out. The, the, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So how do you, how do, you do that? I, I would say, again, by just memorizing some scripture. Um, how about this? Put on, put on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is from Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, round about verse 17, uh, put on the helmet of salvation, uh, pick up the word of God, which is your sword, uh, meaning you got to be ready for battle. So the word of God is your sword. It's the only offensive weapon there that, that is talked about in Ephesians chapter six, when it says, put on the full armor of God, you got one offensive weapon. That is the word of God. So pick it up, put it right here so that you can be ready to use it in battle. You got to have the proper armor on. Yeah, but you got to have the sword in your hand. And when you go to battle against temptation, if you don't have the, the, your, your sword with you, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Uh, a lot of people, man, they put on the helmet of salvation. That's all they got. <laughs> I got saved. I got my helmet on and they're naked from the neck down and they don't have their sword with them. I'm saying put on the full armor of God Grab the sword, and then you won't be defenseless against the attacks of the devil. A um, couple, couple things here from, from that text that I just talked about in Ephesians. Uh, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's your helmet of salvation. Okay, so put that on. That, and the helmet of salvation protects your mind. It protects your head. That's where the battle's going on. That's the most important part. You need to protect your mind. Okay, you don't have a chance of resisting Satan without the helmet of salvation on. So you first need to accept Christ into your life. And if you have not done that, do it, man. Just accept him in as your Lord and Savior. Put on the helmet to protect your mind, to protect your head. And then pick up the sword, man. And you put on the rest of the armor, too. And read Ephesians 6. You can see the rest of the armor. But pick up the sword. Uh, and, and by picking up the sword, I mean put some scriptures into your mind and into your heart that help you when it's time to go into battle, to use them as your sword. Uh, for instance, if you have trouble with worry, and I know I'm talking to somebody right now who has a struggle with worry, then pick up Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, you can go verses uh, 6 through 8. And we did a whole series on this a while back called uh, Anxious for Nothing. But in uh, Philippians chapter 4, it says, don't worry about anything. Talk about a sword. Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, make your requests known unto God. And when you do that, the peace of God, which 
transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. What a great sword scripture to have in your hand. If you have a problem with, you know, resisting something, then, uh, then memorize Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. When Jesus was tempted, when Jesus was tempted, you can see this back at the beginning of Matthew. Uh, for every temptation that came at him, what did he do? He quoted scripture back. So the devil came at him with a temptation and he just quoted verses back. So if you want to win over temptation... How about do, doing what Jesus did? Pick up the sword, and you know what temptations you struggle with the most. Find verses that speak to you about that temptation. Memorize those verses, and when the temptation comes, speak the word of God back to those temptations. So in order to get there, though, you got to fill your mind with it. I don't care if you memorize one applicable scripture. Just memorize one and be ready for battle. And uh, that'll get the truth of God into your mind. And as you well know, the truth sets you free. I, uh, it's been a while, but I read about a survival of Pearl Harbor. Um, you know, the attack on Pearl Harbor. He was a, a Christian at the time. And the day before the attack, he said he attended a Bible study. And they were sitting in a circle in this Bible study. And the leader of the Bible study just said, as we start tonight, I just... Let's just encourage each other with a Bible verse. He said, I want us to go around the circle, and I just want you to tell, you know, your favorite Bible verse or one that has spoken to you recently. And the guy who was uh, telling the story said, I just kind of panicked because I couldn't think of any verses. He said, I had nothing. I had nothing. He said, I hadn't picked up a Bible, and I don't know how long. Um, he said, and I just couldn't think of any verses. And so people were quoting verses, and it came around to me, and I thought, okay, John 3.16, I'll just say John 3.16, and I'll mumble my way through it, even though I can't remember it word for word. I'll get close, hopefully. He said, and the guy right before him said John 3.16 and quoted it perfectly, and he said, he said, man, I was busted. He said, then it came to me, he said, and they, they signaled for me to say something, and he said, I was just silent. I couldn't say anything. He said, I just hung my head and shook my, shook my head no because I had nothing. There was nothing, nothing in me. And, and he said the very next day, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. He said the men in my platoon had only been practicing before the attack. He said, so we had no ammo. We had no ammo. He said, in fact, all we had was blanks in our guns because that's how we were practicing there. And I said, so our guns were filled with blanks. And he said, so the, the Japanese planes are coming over, bombing the, all the ships. And he said, I grabbed my gun and ran to the deck of the ship as plane after plane flew over. He said, I pointed my gun filled with blanks and I shot and I shot and I shot and I shot blank after blank after blank. He said, and uh, until it hit me. He said, this is just like your life. All you're doing is shooting blanks. He said, and uh, I fell to my knees in that smoky, hellish scene. And I promised God that if I lived to see another day, I wouldn't be shooting blanks anymore in my Christian life. So listen to me. 
If, uh, if you feel ashamed, embarrassed, guilty, or whatever uh, about where you are right now spiritually, I just want you to know something. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, the good news is we have a God who loves us very, very much, who has sent his son to die in our place, to forgive us of all our sins. And he is ready and willing for you to run back to him and to take comfort in his arms. He wants to give all of us salvation and he wants all of us to put his word into our hearts so that we can be ready for spiritual attack. Last, last time I was with you, I uh, read a note from the Apostle Paul that seemed more like it was written by an addict. Remember this? And uh, out of uh, Romans chapter 7. And I, I want to read it again, and, th and then I'll continue, all right? Uh, because it doesn't end where I ended last time. Maybe you'll remember this. The Apostle Paul, and this is a paraphrase, the message paraphrase. He says, what I don't understand about myself is I decide one way, but I end up acting another. I do the things I absolutely despise. <clears throat> I can't seem to be trusted to figure out what's best for myself and then do it. I need something more. He says, the power within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions. I obviously need help, and I don't know what it takes. I can will it but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I really can't do it. <clears throat> and when I decide not to do bad, I end up doing that anyway. My decisions don't result in better actions. Something gets the better of me every time. And it happens so regularly that it's predictable. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? But he doesn't stop there. He goes on. He says this, I've tried everything and nothing helps. That, that's where I ended the other day. Now I'm going to go on. I tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does help. He acted to set things right in this life <clears throat> of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Here's the good news. We no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying cloud of condemnation. There is no condemnation. A new power is in operation. The spirit life in Christ has mag magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and temptation. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with your problem as something remote or unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition. He entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. Which leads me to say, as I have been saying my whole life, but have oft been saying lately, the answer is Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. And if you need help today, Jesus. If you need comfort today, Jesus. If you need strength today, Jesus. If you need wisdom today, Jesus. If you're lonely today, Jesus. If you uh, 
really, really need a friend today. Jesus. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time that we are able to spend together. I thank you for the the folks that are watching right now. And I just know because it's the human condition that, Lord, we got folks who are joining us right now on YouTube or on Facebook who are struggling big time. Give them Jesus, Lord, today. Help them to open up their minds and their hearts to what you have for them through your son. And Lord, I know this world promises answers in so many different places. But I I don't know much, but I do know this. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And so if I'm talking to somebody right now who is struggling, and uh, maybe you're struggling with a temptation, uh, with worry, uh, maybe you're worried about school, uh, your kids, your job situation, your finances, hey, put your trust in Jesus today. As I often tell you guys, God is large and in charge. He's a good God. He has a good plan. He's working his plan. Trust in him. And Lord, get us to the other side of this thing. Uh, Help us to see that there's light at the end of this pandemic tunnel and uh, that you're going to do something good. And, and help us always to trust in you no matter what. I pray this in your son's name. And all the people said, all right, so uh, follow us on social media to stay updated. Things hopefully will be changing here real quick. Uh, when they do begin to change and we can kind of identify a date when we're going to get back together for in-person services, we're going to send out an email blast. So please make sure that you're on our email. If you are not on our email list, um, send us an email today at mail at newhopechurch.tv, M-A-I-L at newhopechurch.tv to get put on the email list. Uh, sign up for our social media, hit subscribe on YouTube, uh, all the alerts, turn them on so that you can be ready when, uh, when the Spirit of God tells us it's time to go, all right? Uh, and then we'll meet together. And for those of you who can't meet with us, for those of you who are not comfortable meeting together with us, for those of you who are outside of our area, and there's no way that you're going to be in an in-person service, continue to join us online. We, uh, we think our time here is special, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that God is using in a big way. So continue to join us online. So love you guys. Uh, See you on Thursday morning for our TNT devotional, 8 a.m. And then on Sunday, on Sunday, online for our final lesson in our Murder Hornets series from 2 Corinthians. God bless. Love you guys. See you next time.